You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Good morning. It is Monday, August 2nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott, joined right now by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. Chris, it was good to see you last week in Austin, and it's good to talk to you right now. I, I think we just sort of have a lot to talk about, a lot of table setting and resetting and all of that good stuff to go through as we embark on the month of August, our last months really without the college football slate um there are a few games in week zero on august 28th as you know the highlight of that being nebraska at illinois but let's just let's just set the table like what is what is the month of august all about in this current world of college football well i think it's a bit of normalcy like i know i know covid impacted last regular season so it never felt normal but this off season too is just it's been one thing after another from the transfer portal to NIL rights to realignment to playoff expansion, potentially. It just feels like we've been talking about anything but football. And I don't think that's going to go away. Like we're going to have a lot of topics to discuss over the coming month as we lead into the season. But fall camp is starting for a lot of programs this week. Most programs, actually. There's going to be football practices. We're going to have depth charts to discuss. We're going to have quarterback battles to talk about. Unfortunately, there will be some injuries. Like we're kind of returning back to what we consider the normal college football path. And I'm for one is super excited about that. We have college football, as you said, on August 28th, week one, the real week one is not too far behind that. So it's a really exciting time for college football at large. Well, the fun thing about the real week one, it's we got week zero games on the 28th of August. And then the calendar on Wednesday flips to September. You've got a UAB game. And then on Thursday, Chris, it really, I mean, Thursday and Friday is freaking awesome. Ohio State plays Minnesota on that Thursday. Friday is North Carolina, Virginia Tech. And then we're there to the weekend. One of the great things about that Thursday, so September 2nd, we have more FBS games on Thursday, September 2nd than we did probably on half the week's right. last regular season, just because right. everybody's playing again. And that that's going to be awesome. All the conferences are represented. We've got FCS football. We've got Big Ten football. We've got Pac-12 football. We've got Non-conference football. We are we are right. playing non-conference games again this year. We got Boise State versus UCF. How fun is that going to be on Thursday, September second? Like it's going to be great. I was um, reading through the preseason magazines this weekend at the pool, and I was starting to think about the lines. I was the the bets I was going to start making. Anyway, that's you know not really my specialty, so I'll leave that to to the experts. But yeah, it's it's going to be great, and I'm glad we mentioned how it's going to be great because got to mention and. and Yes, just like you, I'm excited about the the murmurs of the freshmen who are going to be really good and the fall camp standouts. And of course, we'll do that that those pieces at 24/7 Sports, and we'll count. You know, we'll, we'll look at the top 25s and, and all that stuff. I do have to say though, and this is not an opinion. This is just me mentioning it because at its purest conceit, this is a, a news podcast. Looking at the rest of the sporting world and looking at the world in, in general, uh, the country in general, like COVID will will be a uh, a participant in this college football season. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say two games a week, you're going to get canceled. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, you're going to, you're going to have s- Saturdays where half the slate doesn't happen. I don't think that's that it's going to get that dire, but 
even even yesterday, Chris, like the Minnesota Vikings were down to Jake Browning at quarterback because Kellen Mond tested positive and then Kirk Cousins was a close contact, non-vaccinated, and, and he was out. Like we're gonna get that in college football. And and it was it was a top story at Media Days was the vaccination thresholds. And it's it's clear now, even if you're vaccinated. Um, you are uh, subject to breakthrough outbreaks. And, and of course, it's not nearly as severe and, and it's it's much safer to be vaccinated. But players are, are it wouldn't be surprising this week, like if a, if a college football camp has to hit pause for a day or two, just like last year because of COVID. No question. I think Mike Zimmer actually said, Mike Zimmer, the Minnesota Vikings head coach, said, the best attribute of a backup quarterback right now is that they're vaccinated because you know they're going to be available. And that's what he said about Jake Browning. So that is that is so certain... mad at Kirk Cousins. You can yeah, just tell. absolutely. And that's that's hanging over the season. Like it absolutely is. And it's a little more complicated on the college level. Um, one, because they're not paid like professional athletes and two, because the roster sizes are larger. But it's absolutely going to be a conversation point. There are a lot of schools that Kind of like the MLB, once you hit like an 85% threshold, I think conferences vary with that. But generally around 85%, you don't have to test nearly as often. The protocols are not nearly as strict. Masks in a lot of cases aren't required in the building. So there is an emphasis for teams to get this done. But I think you and I both know that's just not the case at a lot of schools around the country. And with the Delta raging the way it is and cases kind of on the rise again, especially among the unvaccinated populations, it's just a fact that we're going to have people test positive. We're going to have people put in contract tracing as a result. And we might not see games canceled, but you could certainly see depth charts being devastated by just position rooms not being able to play or not being able to compete the level they do, which is kind of the reality of the season. Yeah, I've got my eye on that. And I've got my eye on attendance or capacity caps at various parts of the country. I saw the Rose Bowl said they're going to sell alcohol or beer and wine, at least uh, for the, the game against LSU. I'm like, you know, are they going to let everyone in? out there um i'm so i'm going to clemson georgia i'm like you know is that still gonna be a packed house you just 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 lots of little anxieties to think about but yeah i think I for a lot say, of people this will be like yeah. the first time you're in like a large gathering like that for the first time in 18 months like i've been to a concert since the no, pandemic like, lifted but not everybody's in that position for a lot of people this will just be their first mass gathering experience and i'm i'm okay with it i'm just saying like i hope they, they canceled you know, Philadelphia and, and Washington, the baseball game the other day. It's like people are on their way to the game. So I just, I, I'm dreading that, but I, I will say I'm pulling up last, the first week of August uh, of 2020, like the college football daily calendar, Chris, to kind of provide a snapshot of what that looked like. And it was the SEC said no to non-conference. The Pac-12 players threatened boycott. Minnesota star Rashad Bateman opts out. Colorado State players allege a COVID-19 cover-up. A follow-up <laughs> episode on how player opt-outs were about to be college football's biggest storyline. We were right. One little fun thing about preseason top 25. And then the worst weekend of the, the world of my life, August 10th episode, college football players trying to save the season with the We Want to Play movement. The next day, the Big Ten inches closer to clarity. The next day, the Big Ten and Pac-12 cancel fall football. The next day, the Big 12 hangs tough while Nebraska tries to save the season. And a few days later, we have Justin Fields' petition to play. We, we just, uh, it wasn't good. It, it was, it was, a, it was a lot, man. It was like daily, terrible news after daily, terrible news and no football was discussed. Like I feel bad for you hosting a college football podcast around that time because it was just bad, 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 terrible. Like when the seasons yeah. were canceled and we've learned a lot about COVID in the time since mitocarditis, the heart condition that the big 10 and the Pac-12 were particularly worried about is not nearly as much of a concern as we used to kind of think it was with COVID. We have more perspective on 
the disease that is COVID-19. It's not going to ruin this season. It feels dismissive to say COVID's like a B or C story now, but I think that's more the case. I think it's just something that everybody's aware of, everybody has to be conscious of, and it will certainly impact the season. It will certainly affect the course of the calendar, but it's not going to overwhelm the college football season like it did last year. And I I think we can all kind of take that as a blessing because it's just, it is nice to be able to discuss football in football terms again. The A and the B, the stories are realignment playoffs. What's your interest level in those right now? It's been so much. For me personally, I'm like, all right, like we'll see whatever happens in, in however many months. I'm ready to talk talk actual ball. I'm ready to break down Alabama versus Miami. Are you still interested in in realignment and seeing what the Big Ten might do? And um, I know we're interested in seeing when Texas know you go to the SEC. I'm a little bit surprised at the playoff expansion pausing. If you're Texas or OU, you're probably like, oh, well, we maybe we don't jump from the big, maybe we wait it out, right? If, if the playoff isn't going to go to 12 in, in two years, maybe we wait out the big 12 until 2025. I'm not surprised that the playoff discussion has been put on hold, not only because like the power brokers of the playoffs, specifically Bob Bowlesby and Greg Sankey were working together and certainly probably have a bit of a different relationship now than they did two weeks ago. But if you're, if you're the big 10 and the SEC is going to go to 16, and they're going to have this super conference where they're going to have to be competitive and they're counting on the playoff to expand to 12 to get more teams in. Like it probably behooves you to kind of hold pat and maybe shop the playoff around a little bit more. Maybe you don't go to 12, maybe you go to six to avoid the SEC owning a quarter of the spots every time around. I think at least I think there is. Yeah, I think there's a reason to pause if you're these other leagues to kind of strategize. And I'm of the opinion, if you don't know what college football is going to look like in five years from a conference perspective, you probably do need to hit pause in the playoff because it's difficult if you're a commissioner, the new commissioner of the Pac-12. It's difficult if you're the new commissioner of the AAC to ACC, I'm sorry, to kind of push forward and push for expansion. We don't know what your league's going to look like in a couple of years. So in a lot of ways, I, I do think realignment has to come first, or at least realignment considerations have to come first. As for my interest level in realignment, I mean, it's high. Like realignment's always interesting, but I would certainly love to. I would certainly love to have a football season before we start talking about free agent moves. I guess in air quotes, like we kind of do in the NBA in the off season. Like I, I would like to play football this year and get to enjoy that aspect of it first. Well, and then there's also the element that these conferences are are saying, let's wait till the current playoff contract with ESPN and ABC expires and just have a bidding war. And I like the idea of diversifying that coverage. Get a little Fox in there. It's like the NFL playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a little CBS. You make more money that way too. Like you really do. Yeah. And then uh, you don't have to worry about, as Bob Bowlesby would say, interference from cable companies and conference realignment, which... I know, uh, I know ESPN fired back at Ball Bulls be very strongly, but I fully believe ESPN had its fingerprints all over the Texas to Oklahoma moves to the SEC because it very much benefits ESPN for Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC sooner rather than later, both monetarily and from a ratings perspective. So if I'm the Big Ten or the Pac-12 tied at the hip to the tied at the hip to Fox in a lot of ways and not ESPN, I, I would certainly want other bidders in this uh, playoff race for sure. Last thing I'm going to ask you about is name image likeness. You were actually the uh, catalyst for the Bryce Young quote going viral, Chris. When you were there at the Texas High School Coaches Football Association, you can, Saban obviously knew what he was doing. And then a few days later, this Quinn Ewers domino is just mind numbing. But at the same time, so much other big news has hit in college football and sports and life that it's, 
it's it's hard to overreact to stuff these days. Yeah, I'm I'm numb. I'm I'm numb. Like legitimately, there's been so much news and so much happening. Something I would have thought sounded ridiculous a month ago. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's cool. Like, let's move on. Used to call it like the Tyson Zone. Yeah. Yeah, where like the the celebrity or the the news is so insane that you're like, okay. Like when I saw the Texas Oklahoma news, I was like, all right, you know, you know. All right, I mean? cool. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So when Pete Dammel reports that Quinn Ewers is re- leaning toward enrolling at Ohio State now to take advantage of this name, image, likeness situation, which could be a seven figure deal for him as well, a, a combination of things, I'm like, all right, like I hate this, but I I get it, and I, you know what, it's. It's not even good for business. Like I'm excited about the day to have the Quinn Ewers is in Columbus. What does this mean for CJ Stroud episode or content on 24-7? But I mean, this is a this is a generational quarterback talent who's going to end up playing how many games at South Lake Carroll? About 20 games when you put it yeah. together as junior and And I can't imagine now. that's good for him. So what's your, t- what's your take on this? Is, are you worried that this is just the tip of the iceberg, especially down in Texas where these guys become become really big deals, especially at the quarterback position? Well, I think I think this could probably be an episode all to itself, but I, I think there's a couple of thoughts we'll that, that come to we'll mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, first is like I think I think a place like Texas and the legislature is going to have to adjust its rules. You the UIL, which is kind of the governing infrastructure of high school athletics in Texas, is not the one preventing Quinn Ewers from making money. It's the actual state law for name, image, and likeness. And California is a state that allows high school athletes to make money off their NIL. So if you're Texas and you want to remain competitive and you don't want your players leaving and your best players to leave, you're going to have to change your law. Like we're in a special session in Texas right now. I don't think that's the top priority for the legislator, but I think eventually that will change. So that's thought number one. Thought number two is I'm a little disappointed, maybe not in Quinn Ewers, but in the situation. In my opinion, like playing team sports is like the best thing in the world. And being with your dudes is like the best thing in the world. And he only had to stay five more months. He was going to be an early enrollee. So he'd be delaying that million dollars by five months. It's not like he's delaying it by four years to playing the senior season. So I'm a little disappointed that he won't be there potentially at South Lake Carroll with his guys making a run for a state title for one kind of last gasp of that. And South Lake has not won a state title with Quinn Ewers as the quarterback. So I'm certainly disappointed from that perspective. But the third thought is, I don't think this is going to happen very often. The number of players who's earning potential is as high as Quinn Ewers is very, very small. Like an Arch Manning, of course, will kind of be in that bracket. But we're going to see maybe 10 players a cycle worth that much money. Like there are certainly high school players in an era where recruiting is so important that could make um, probably in the six figure range, low six figures just for being who they are and for striking the right deal with the right booster, which I promise you will happen. But like when you're talking about a million dollars for Quinn Ewers, that's just not going to be a commonality or a common thing for these high school players. So I think it's just a very limited situation, but I, I certainly hope, and I'm sure you feel the same way that we don't see top high school players leaving ahead of their senior year just so they can make money earlier. That's just a really disappointing trend. Yeah. Yeah. His dad, Curtis Ewers, told told Pete Thamel is like it's mostly this is for the principal. It's not like we need the money. We're just very I mean, upset that Texas won't let us make the money here. You know, th- that's that's their call. But yeah, I'm not going to sit I, here and say you can you know hey just wait five months for your millions. But anything can happen. I, it's it, it is very disappointing. And if you're Ryan Day, this is great publicity for you. you you're going to get a really talented quarterback a year earlier into your room, so you can't be upset about that. But there is a there's been a lot of a lot of studies, uh, former colleague Charles Power has been harping on this for a long time. That senior year of, of high school, any any game, any rep, those all matter. If in, unless Quinn's get this is you know it's it's calling a guy up to the to the majors a little bit too early, and he's a platoon guy instead of getting daily reps in the minors. Like I'd, I'd rather well, that guy continue to develop. 
Trey, when you think about it with Quinn specifically, Quinn, so he had a sports hernia injury about halfway through his junior season last year. So, and he played hurt in the playoffs. He was maybe 50%. Um, his head coach, Riley Dodge, told me that for a story I wrote on Quinn earlier this year. So if he goes to Ohio State and he sits this year as a red shirt, and then he's battling a red shirt sophomore, CJ Stroud, for the starting job, there's a possibility that Quinn doesn't play fully helpful football, healthy football for 2020, 2021, 2022 before he legitimately has a chance to win that job. Like being in that system, learning from Ryan Day, learning from Corey Dennis, their quarterback's coach is great. But like when you're getting live reps and live bullets, that'll be like three and a half years for Quinn Ewers, one of the most talented quarterbacks of his generation to play live football. And that's what makes that senior year of high school so valuable. And I would say, I know you said it's just I know you said, like, who am I to tell somebody to wait five months for their millions? But, like, if Quinn tore his ACL, he's still going to Ohio State. Ohio State's not going to pull a scholarship. He's still going to have the social media following he has. He's still going to be a generational prospect. Like, that money's going to be there. So from that perspective, I think it would be good to see Quinn play his senior year. But it's a personal decision. And as you said, like, it's difficult to criticize anybody for looking after their best interests. But I I just don't know if it's, like, healthy for the sport and healthy for the athlete, particularly to sit out a year just to go make a little bit of money. You gave me PTSD by saying it's a personal decision. Then, uh, if you know, you know. Chris, this is a, <laughs> this was a good episode. I, I I think you're right. I think the Quinn you were saying. I'll have to do some sort of emergency episode on it when it happens. Maybe with Dave Biddle, or maybe with Steve Wolfong, maybe with you. Maybe maybe we get Riley Dodge back on the podcast. August, looking forward to it. Please be normal, August. Please please just be as normal as as, as we could possibly hope for. It. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. That was Chris Hummer. Twenty minutes of. We covered everything you could possibly ask us to cover. So uh, uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.